You're listening to a live service from Faith Worship Center, Porsche, Arkansas. Will you turn with me this morning to a familiar passage to you, the book of Hebrews? Hebrews in chapter number 12. Hebrews chapter 12. We're going to read only verses 1 and verse number 2. Now, I do want to say while you're turning there that this morning, uh, you've probably seen it, you probably know it, and recognized it, that this morning is, or today has been set aside, uh, I'm not sure by who, but it's been set aside and been entitled uh, to be Pentecostal Sunday. I'm thankful this morning for my Pentecostal experience. Amen. I'm grateful for our Pentecostal experience. The church was birthed in the fire. Amen. And in the fire we shall remain. And so I'm not overlooking that this morning, but I am trying to be careful to follow what I feel that the Lord has put in my spirit and in my mind. And our Pentecostal roots, they run deep. And we're grateful for that. And we preach and we teach uh, not just the baptism of the Spirit, but also the first work of the Holy Spirit in regards to grace. And so uh, we're thankful for that this morning. But I want to go this morning to the book of Hebrews chapter 12. Verse number 1 and verse number 2. Verse 1 and verse number 2. And the Bible says, Wherefore, seeing we, all, we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. And I'm going to stop there, but I'm going to back up to verse number one. I want you to see this. And I've never preached exactly from this phrase, but I'm, I'm going to use it as a thought this morning. The writer here thought it was necessary. I'm ringing. Can you turn me down a little bit, just please? He said, wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. And I found it interesting, and it pricked my heart this morning, that the writer took us back to the witnesses that had already run the race before us. And this morning... They didn't just run a race, but they went through a great trial and they went through a great tribulation. And I know a lot of times, and I, I will downplay nobody, I will belittle nobody's situation. But there's a lot of times when we, if we compared our suffering and our trial to what they went through in the, in the day of the Bible, that we would find that our trial, we didn't really suffer much. But the way that they made it is the way that you and I are going to make it. And that is by faith. So I want to recall this morning this great cloud of witnesses and minister on this thought, the power of faith. The power of faith. Will you bow your head and will you help me pray this morning that the Lord would help us to minister. Father, we love you this morning. We thank you, God, for your grace and for your mercy and for your love. I thank you for every individual, every family that is represented here today. I'm asking you in the name of Jesus Christ that if you would help us, God, that you would open our ears to properly hear. 
that you would open our hearts to receive your word and that you would anoint my lips to deliver, God, your already anointed word. I'm asking you to do something that I cannot do, Lord, and that is to move upon the hearts of your people this morning. And I'll be very careful to give you the praise, the glory, and the honor in the name of Jesus Christ. And everybody says, Amen. You know, I don't believe that there has ever been a person that maybe was a little hesitant coming to Christ because of the thought or the idea Has anybody in here ever wondered or ever had the thought, I would live for God, but I'm just not sure that I can? Amen. I don't know. I've had people tell me, I don't know if I can do it. Well, if you can believe, then you have met the requirements that's given to us in the Scripture. And I want to take you through this just a little bit this morning and start out this way. It's not a secret if you've come here Any amount of time at all, if you've been here at all, if you've sat down and you have talked with me or you listen, uh, maybe at one of our panels or whatever it may be, it's not a secret that by now you should know that Faith Worship Center preaches and will continue to preach the message of Christ and Him crucified. We will not adopt another doctrine. We will not adopt another another, uh, form to live for God, but we will stick solely to the message of Christ and Him crucified, which is the message of grace and faith. It's the message of faith and grace, which is the new covenant. The new covenant, I feel I need to teach just a little bit. I won't bore you with it. I want to get right to my message. But the new covenant, which is our covenant, I want you to think about that. Brother Larson said it good, and he said it very plain when he looked at us one time and he mentioned the old covenant, and he said, that's not my covenant. The old covenant is not my covenant. The old covenant that they lived by under the days of old, that's not my covenant. That's not the covenant in which God is going to meet me. And that's not the covenant that God has placed before me in order to enter into a right standing with Him. If you want to be in relationship with Jesus Christ, we've got to do it by what He has set before us. And what He has set before us is not the old covenant. And listen, the old covenant has not been abolished. The old covenant has not been abolished and done away with. The old covenant has been fulfilled. It's been made complete. In other words, the old covenant was satisfied by a man, which was our last representative, the man Christ Jesus. It was satisfied. He met all of the demands of the old covenant. He fulfilled all of the demands of the the Scripture that the prophets left for us. He was sinless. He was spotless. He uh, He was the perfect one that came to stand in your place. Listen, I know that He stood in your place, but I am more glad, if that's proper English, that he stood in my place. He come down in my place to, in order to meet all of the demands of the old law that God required from mankind. And when he met all of the demands, the old covenant was then fulfilled and he put in place a new covenant of faith and of grace. When he said, it is finished upon the cross of Calvary, he meant everything that God required for you to be in a right relationship with Him was finished and completed through what Jesus Christ done on the cross of Calvary. I'm not under an old covenant. I'm under the new covenant that is a better covenant with better promises. And that's how I'm found in right standing. Listen, listen. 
All of us are going to be face to face with Christ one of these days. I'm not fearing a judgment. I'm not afraid of a judgment. Well, that's awful bold. I can be bold according to the Word of God. I'm not fearing depart from me because I have entered into the new covenant. And that's what God said that He required of me in order to be in a right standing with Him. Now, oh, I'm going to push up his own covenant a little bit. I'm going to stay there just a second. The old covenant required a sacrifice to be cut. Think about this. The old covenant required a sacrifice to be cut. They brought a spotless sacrifice and they cut covenant from top to bottom. They split it exactly, equally, perfectly in half all the way down through the the body of the animal. That covenant was cut half here and half was laid here on each side. It was cut right in the middle so that the blood would pour out in the middle. Half the covenant was laid here or half the sacrifice and the other half of the sacrifice was laid there. If me and Pastor Brian was entering into a covenant, we would both join hands and we would walk through in the middle of the cut covenant sacrifice walking in the blood and we would agree to uphold the standards of the covenant that we were making with each other. Here's the problem with the old covenant. The old covenant required for a man and a man to enter into a covenant. You ever knew a man that wouldn't fail? Did you ever know a man that wouldn't fail? So the old covenant could not produce perfect righteousness because there was failure on both sides. But the new covenant, (laughs) the new covenant, Jesus said, I will be the sacrifice. I will shed my blood. He went to the cross of Calvary. His blood was poured out. He was the one that said, I will enter into a covenant with you. I will enter into a covenant with you. And if by faith you will say yes to me, I will bring you into the blood. I will baptize you into myself, into the death, the burial, and the resurrection. Now I'm in a covenant. Though I may fail, I'm in covenant with one that cannot fail. And as long as I keep my faith and my trust in Him, watch this, as long as I believe, He won't throw me out of the covenant. Amen. He's not going to throw me. He's not going to discard me out of the covenant. What's that got to do with our text? I don't know. But I'll get to it. And now I'm in covenant with a holy God that shed His blood for me. And I enter into this new covenant by faith, listen, by faith in what, I, what Jesus has done for me on the cross of Calvary. Now, just briefly, and I, 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 I want, uh, because I don't want to scatter you, I want to leave you with some things. The old covenant required your works. The old covenant required what you do. But the new covenant required your faith, believing upon Jesus. And if you believed upon Him, then He give you grace. He offered grace to help us. Grace comes and grace is the effectual working. We was on it Thursday night. It's the effectual working of the Holy Spirit. You've got a helper. His name is the Holy Spirit. He will help you if your faith is in Christ and what He did on the cross of Calvary. That's a heart question. Everybody in here needs to allow the Holy Spirit to ask them that question in their heart. What are you trusting in? What are you believing in? Are you trusting in your works? Are you trusting in something you're trying to earn? Are you trusting in merit? 
spirit? Are you trusting in doctrine? Are you trusting in something that you do? Or are you trusting in Jesus and what He done for you on the cross of Calvary? Well, what's the difference? Big difference. Trusting in Christ gets you the help of the Holy Spirit. Trust in something else. I don't care what it is. You don't have the help of the Holy Spirit. That's a pretty big difference. I don't know about you, but when it comes to living for God, I need a little help. So the key here is, and I'm back to my title, the key is proper faith in Christ. Pop, proper faith, the Old Testament knew it as a sacrifice. We know it as Jesus Christ. And then grace will flow because of my faith in Christ. And this is the help that I need in order to live for God. So under the new covenant, here's your requirement. Anybody in here wants to be in covenant with, with God and a right standing with God, the requirement is that you place your faith, proper faith, not a head knowledge, not just knowing, proper faith from the heart in Jesus and what he's done on the cross of Calvary. And the Holy Spirit is going to do the rest. Amen. Praise the Lord. That's beautiful. So I don't know, or I do know, but I don't know. Let me say it like this. I don't know how many in this church has stood up and testified of how that the preaching of the cross has changed their life. Brother Junior, the preaching of the cross has absolutely changed their life. We'll have a testimony, and people will tell us how that the preaching of the cross has changed their life as the truth is piercing in their heart. And I want you to know it's, it's, it, it's, it's changed your life. It's changed my life. And if you hang around, listen, it'll change your life as a believer. When you understand, and we keep preaching and teaching what Christ did for you on the cross of Calvary, Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men. Listen, if we keep lifting up Christ, it's going to draw you. And that's why I don't want to point you to a denomination. I don't need to point you to just Faith Worship Center as a church. I'm not trying to point you to myself. I'm trying to point you to Christ and get you to, to see in a deeper way as I am still learning of what he's done for us on the cross of Calvary. So, uh, one other thing that I want to address, because here's a question in the hearts and minds of believers. We've prayed for things before, and then we had the question of, well, maybe I don't have enough faith. Okay, I have anyway. Is anyone, am I by myself? You ever wondered if I had enough faith in order to receive enough faith? Listen, let me, let me, let me kill that real quick, because that's nothing but a burden. It's not about you having enough faith. It's about you having proper faith. Jesus said faith of a mustard seed. And I know that people and uh, tried to dissect that. Well, it could have been this, it could have been. No, it's its size. If you have the faith of a mustard seed, look, before you come to Christ, you didn't have any faith in Him because you were separated from Him. But the moment that you advertise the smallest little amount of faith, here's what happened. The Holy Spirit took you, baptized you into Christ, and raised you up as a new creation, and grace is flowing in you to help you to live for God. Listen, if the, if the power of the Holy Spirit can do all of that because I had simple mustard sized faith why do I need more faith that's the greatest miracle that will ever happen in my life now as you mature and as you live for God he will expand my faith 
There will be trials that I need to trust Him for and then I will know God can help me in my marriage. There will be times that I need to trust Him for my child and I will know God can help me with my child. There will be times that I have to help Him, ask Him to help me with my health and I will know that God will heal my body. But listen, it all comes from that simple, childlike, mustard-sized faith. Don't let somebody belittle you or push you aside. Well, you don't have enough faith. That's not even in the Bible. If you've got proper faith, that's what God's looking for. Proper faith in Christ and what He did on the cross of Calvary. Now, here's the question. Here's the question. Even though that we know that it's by our by proper faith, those that understand the message of the cross, we still see sometimes self getting involved. We have a struggle of allowing the process of God to carry out. I'm probably, I, I know that I can cut at the front of this line, but when it comes to having patience, it's just hard for me to say. I can cut to the front of, front of that line because the, allowing God's process to carry out in my life, if it took too long or God has a different idea, I want to try to help God by adding some ideas. God don't really need our advice, but I hope I'm not alone this morning. I've tried to help God, give him some advice. God, if you would just do this. Outside looking in, I'm thinking, God, if you would just do this, it would be over. But it doesn't work that way. I've got to learn to trust Him. Anytime I've tried to add my own help, listen, have you ever recognized this? You try to add your own help, and it turns out to be a total disaster. We're, we're worse off. Look, Abraham, maybe God didn't include you and me, Sarah. Maybe you should take my handmaid, Hagar, and give a child. Maybe that's what God meant. Well, Abraham was having a, a moment where he wasn't being very smart. And he said, okay, and had a child with Hagar. And we're still suffering from that today. It's not our idea that God is needing. God never, I, I want to just, uh, God never intended for us to interject our own idea, our own thought to try to get the job done. God just wants us to trust Him and wait upon Him. I was thinking here, I guess last week, I've got... A colt that's coming two year old, I always giving horse stories. I hope that you're not bored of my horse stories, but I, I, I just see different things in my life. I see different things. And so I have a, a colt that's coming along, and I, I haven't really, I usually always use a round pin and groundwork them, and I, I just hadn't done this colt this way, and she's been great. And so I thought, you know what, I think I'll back up and put a little bit more ground. I want a little bit more ground manners with her. And so I backed up, and I was putting some ground manners. And I don't know if you've ever seen it work, but the guy that's in charge, I'm standing in the middle of this round pen. It's literally a circle. And I'm running this cold around in the circle and, and I, she's listening to my commands. I, I, I stop her and teaching her to stop. I'm teaching her to, to woe. I'm teaching her to turn directions. I'm teaching all of this. And I'm thinking, man, and this is a good example, a good type of how that the Lord, if we'll just listen to him, you know, if that coat would listen to me, she wouldn't have to run near as long and she wouldn't have to get near as tired if she would just listen when I tell what I tell her to do. And so I thought, man, this is a great example. Here's what I noticed the other day. I got a border collie. His name is Max, and most of y'all know him, but Max is my buddy. He's with me everywhere. No matter where I'm at, what I'm doing, he's with me except for church on Sunday. He don't like Sunday. 
But when I'm working a colt, he's laying outside of the round pen. Think about that. I want you to picture this. He's laying outside of the round pen. He's down like a border collie does. He's got his nose sticking about that far underneath the panel. I'm always worried, uh, son, you're going to get stepped on. But he's, he's quick enough that he, he just does what he does. But every once in a while, I'm trying to run this colt in the circle and I'm watching it. And that colt will get over there and get just right. And Max will reach under there and try to hip his, or nip his heels. And I'll say, get back. And he'll shuffle backwards a little bit. And he'll, he'll sit there. That's all I got to say. Well, I'll do it another time or two, and Max is done. He's back up there, and that coat gets just right, and he jumps underneath that panel one more time, and I'll say, get back, and he'll get back. What Max don't understand, he's trying to help me. He don't know that he is messing up. I don't need that coat paying any type of attention to him or body. I don't need his help. And it's the same thing with the Lord. When we are, I'm using my dog as an example, when we're reaching under the panel and we're trying to hurry things along, God is saying, if you'll just get back, I'll take care of it. He'll mess us up. Yeah. And so, I just came to remind us just a little bit. As we recall our history, the power lies. If you want to know how to be free, you want to know how to uh, receive from the Lord, it's all in our proper faith in Christ and what He did on the cross of Calvary. God has never moved yet because of an individual's works. He's not moved because of our ideas. He's not moved because we're a part of a certain denomination. He has always moved within the realm of impossibility of man because of man's proper faith in Christ and what He has set before us. And if we look back in the very beginning, in Genesis, from the very beginning of Genesis, there is one common denominator throughout the text, and that is faith. And faith alone. The writer of Hebrews, now back to my text. He comes in or he writes to us to prove the theme of this book is that Judaism and the law were now, they were over. The old covenant had been fulfilled and a new covenant has been set in place. He is writing to confirm to the Jewish believers in the faith and also to establish the new covenant doctrine by what Christ had, had accomplished and what Christ had fulfilled. And he uses the Old Testament examples to prove that Jesus Christ is the one that they should have been looking for. And to make this plain, he came to remind them that they struggled, they have struggled completely while they had struggled to believe that they could rest in the deeds of the law by their faith in Christ and what he did on the cross of Calvary, this is what the writer done. He began to remind them all the way back to the very beginning of how the men and the women of old made it and how that they were in a right standing with God. He reminds them of the great cloud of witnesses. And he honored them in, in every way and how that they believed. And the same way that the men and women of old made it, the same way that the men and women of old were victorious, is the same way that he was telling them, the Judaizers and those Jewish believers, of how that they would be victorious also. And I want to tell you today, Faith Worship Center, in the year 20 and 22, the same way that the men and women of old we're victorious is the same way that you and I will be victorious in the Lord. He says, we believe in creation 
Think about that powerful miracle. Well, that's just a statement. We've allowed it to be a statement. Think about that powerful miracle. We believe in creation. We believe that the hand of God created the heavens and the earth. Was anybody here when He created? No, sir. No, ma'am. We didn't see it, but we believe that God is our Creator. He says that Abel offered a sacrifice of faith, and God accepted that sacrifice. And Cain offered a sacrifice of works, and God rejected that sacrifice. In other words, God will accept accept your faith he will reject your works and your way of trying to earn it he said by faith Abraham journeyed into a strange land he's separating from his family by faith Abraham believed in the Lord and it was accounted to him for righteousness by faith Sarah received the strength to conceive when her womb was dead and she was past the age of bearing a child but by faith she received the strength to, to have Isaac by faith Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice the Bible says that by faith he believed so much in the world of the Lord that if he took the life of Isaac that God would raise him from the dead before he ever came off of that mountain talking about great faith by faith Moses he chose to suffer with the children of Israel he rejected the palaces and the riches of Egypt because he said I would rather suffer with my people by faith they crossed over on dry ground by faith the Red Sea was parted by faith water flowed from a rock by faith the bitter waters were made sweet by faith quail fell and manna fell by faith they were led fire by night and cloud by day and by faith they crossed the Jordan River over into the promised land by faith Jericho walls fell down by faith they marched because they believe by faith they kept going for seven days because they believe by faith they shouted because they believe and by faith they conquered all because they believe by faith, and the Bible tells us this, the harlot, don't make that, that ain't disrespectful, the harlot Rahab. The reason the Bible leaves her with the title of a harlot, which was one of the, the, the worst heathens and the, uh, the worst types of sin that there was, because the Bible wants us to know, I don't care who you are, I don't care where you've been, I don't care what you've done, the truth of the matter is, whosoever will, let them come and drink from the water of life. By faith, this harlot did not perish with those that did not believe. That's what the Bible says. With those that did not believe. That implies those that do not believe, they will perish. But by faith, her whole house was saved. The writer even says, even goes on to say this, Need I say more? I could remind you of a whole lot more. And I'm going to read it this morning. I could remind you of Gideon. I could remind you of Samson. I could remind you of David. I could remind you of Samuel, who all by faith conquered and God brought them great victory watch this the Bible says this by faith that by faith they subdued kingdoms wrought righteousness obtained promises stopped the mouth of lions quenched the violence of fire escaped the edge of the sword out of weakness they were made strong waxed valiant in fight turned to flight the armies of aliens women received their dead raised back to life again and others were tortured not accepting deliverance but they, that they might retain a better uh, resurrection than those that did not believe all of this happened because a believer believed upon the sacrifice. It was by faith. 
By faith, these saints overcome, they won victories, and they received promises. Not because they earned it, not because they deserved it, because they believed. Here's what I tell you that I can't find. I can flip through this Bible. I mark my place. I don't want to leave it. I can't find where one person was made an overcomer because of what they've done. I can't find where one person was made an overcomer because they worked for it. I can't find where one person was made victorious because they earned it. I can't find where somebody was made righteousness because of their last name. I cannot find where somebody had enough money to buy them a place in heaven. I don't mean to be unkind, but I want to be plain. I cannot find where somebody received the promises of God because they was water baptized a certain way. I cannot find where they earned something from God because they went to a certain church. I cannot find where they were better and they were victorious and a bondage was broken because they were a member of a certain, certain church. But I can find that everybody that came by the way of faith received the promises and the inheritance of a living God this morning. Praise the Lord. It was all because they believed and they received from the Lord. And I want to read something else. I want you to see this and I want you to understand what, I, what I'm reading. Think about, think about what I'm about to read. If I continued on, the Bible says this. Others had a trial of cruel mockings and scourgings. Yes, moreover of bonds and imprisonment. Think about this. They were stoned. They were sawn asunder. They were tempted they were slain with a sword. They wandered about in sheepkins and goatskins, being destitute. They were afflicted. They were tormented, of whom the world says they was not worthy. But they wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. But all of these received a good report through faith, having not yet even received the promise. Do you understand what that just read to us? Do you know what sawn asunder means? Literally, Braden, they laid somebody on a table, and it was not a magic trick. They sawed them in half. They were sawed in half. They went through the mockings. They were stoned. They wandered about in deserts. Why am I bringing up this? Because it could be even more applicable than some of the other. You know what this is telling us? This is telling us that by faith, they received the strength to endure anything that they would ever face in this life. The strength to endure. The strength, well, I don't know if I can make it. <laughs> You're not laid on a table with a saw at your belly. By faith, they receive the strength to endure. Great endurance. They felt like they couldn't go on. By faith and the help of the Holy Spirit, they kept going. The power of God is available to work in our life. I'm about to hush. I feel like I need to quit. The power of God is available to work in our life, but it comes back to the heart question that I will continue to ask. What are you trusting in? What are you believing in? Where is your faith? Because I'm going to, let me just say this real quickly. I felt like before I understood the preaching of the cross, I would have argued with you and told you 
that my faith is in Christ and what he did on the cross. And to be honest, it was for salvation. But when it come to being changed in my heart and when it come to living for God and receiving victory, I was trusting in what I did. Brother Michael will tell the story, and I have similar, not as much as him, but trying to receive victory in my life so much, I went a week, I fasted for a while. I don't say that both. I'm sure not bragging about that now. Not, and I have nothing against fasting. It's biblical, and the Lord puts it on your heart. You need to fast. But I fasted for a week trying to get victory in an area in my life. And at the end of that week, I'd never been so hungry ever. And my problem was still there. Michael will tell you, he almost killed himself. He said, I like that I got so weak, but I was trying to receive victory. Listen, God does not work if our faith or our trust is in something that we do. If we look back to this great cloud of witnesses, every single one of them made it because their faith in the sacrifice. And I want to tell you this morning, whatever you're going through, whatever you're needing from the Lord, you can make it if your faith is in Christ and what he did on the cross of Calvary. We are guaranteed help of the Holy Spirit. Brother Jeff, would you come? The biblical process... I say this as he's getting ready. Is that the believer checks his faith, checks his trust. What am I depending upon? And if I find myself depending on something else, I ask the Lord to forgive me and help me. But if I look back and I come to the understanding that it's through what Christ did on the cross of Calvary, I place my faith in Jesus and what he did on the cross of Calvary. And the power of the Holy Spirit begins to flow in my heart to do what I cannot do on my own, but my faith and my trust. My Bible reading ought to build my faith in Christ. My prayer, my fasting ought to build my faith in Christ, but I don't want to get the cart before the horse, and I sure don't want to be like Max and trying to help God to hurry things along. I want to wait, keep my faith and my trust in the Lord. Listen, I say this, this is my third time, so I have to hush. You know, I don't know what maybe something is troubling you in your heart. I, unless you've told me, some of you shared with me. I don't know, but I will never know the extent of the spiritual battle or warfare that you individually are going through. Because that's your battle, that's your spiritual warfare. I don't know what it is maybe that you're struggling with. I, I don't know that. But I want to tell you this morning that I'm about to give, I will give an account to the Lord for what I'm about to tell you, and that's this. I'm not belittling your situation. I'm here to extend grace and to tell you, don't give up. Don't quit. Don't throw in the towel. Don't say it was a waste. Don't let the devil tell you you can't do it. Because the truth of the matter is all of the men and women of old made it by faith. Not a single one of them was rejected. All of them that believed made it. And Jesus being the same yesterday, today, and forever, he cannot exclude you. I just come to tell you this morning, if you can believe, then you can receive the promises of God. Would you stand with me?
Go ahead. Just as I am without Think about If you were blessed by this message, you can find us on Facebook at Faith Worship Center, Porsche, Arkansas. Our contact for prayer or donations is by mail, Faith Worship Center, P.O. Box 296, Porsche, Arkansas, 72457. Through Messenger or PayPal, you can find that link on Facebook also. Thank you and God bless you and your family.